500 years ago He washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad He said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The Phantom The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom He finds everybody you. And for those who are coming late You're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast this is episode 156, uh, The Fight Against Sing, which is part of the 22nd Phantom Saga. So my name is Jermaine, and today I am joined by the full crew in Stephen and Dan. How are you guys going? Very good, Jermaine. Very good. How are you, lads? Yep, I'm good too. Always good to talk Phantom, even on a cold Ballarat night. It is. Exactly. It is. So I was actually ha- hoping to have different surroundings. I thought I might be able to go outside with a heater, but um, <laughs> my adults wouldn't go to sleep, so I'm going back to the Subaru. <laughs> not not a big enough heater, I'd think. <laughs> oh no, it actually works all right. <laughs> all right. So it looks like uh, my fellow um, uh, podcast uh, hosts are all sporting a little bit extra hair from the isolation. Uh, yes, guilty. <laughs> um, it's, this is why we're a podcast, uh, first and foremost. And if you're watching us on YouTube, well, it serves you right. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's nothing better than a beard, apart from having a beard and talking phantom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're, so as, as I said, we're going to be talking about the fight against the sing, which is uh, the stories that have come out just recently with, uh, in Australia. There's four parts. Um, it's quite in-depth, so we're going to talk about that. But first of all, we'll just, we're going to mix things up a little bit tonight, so bear with us. So first of all, we're going to uh, thank our Patreon listeners. So uh, all our Patreons, I hope you've been enjoying your Patreon rewards. Uh, I hope you've all received your card for Mikel's uh, Kickstarter game, um, which was very, very successful. Um, now, if you haven't received that and you're listening to that, hit us up on social media. Mail might take a little bit longer, but make sure you hit us up and we can kind of go from there. Um, there's also going to be the draw for the winter, uh, which is going to be up. Um, uh, time of recording, the announcement wouldn't have been done, but it's uh, for those who are interested. It's a, a signed Felmain card and a couple of um, uh, drawing inserts overlays with pencils and inks by Felmain. So also our Patreons get access to the Phantom Preservation Project. Now, some of our updated highlights for May. Uh, recently in Phantom's World 11, published by Fru, there was The Haunted Castle, which is a remake of a Fork and Moore slash McCoy story. Now, Phil Mang, which we discussed in the podcast, his artwork got censored and edited. We've actually got a hold of the original artwork. Have you guys had a look at this? No, I haven't. Yeah, I have. So if you're a, if you're a Patreon and you're, if your reward is of the P3, you can go and have a look at that. Some of the other stuff is we now have all of the Friends of the Phantom newsletters uh, on there. We've also got behind the scenes of our Bushfire Appeal fundraiser book. 
uh, which includes some alternative covers and some progress drafts and proofs and, uh, and stuff like that as well. There's also the 42-minute video of the 1996 um, A&E biography, uh, which is a very interesting watch. Uh, if you haven't watched that, make sure you go and watch it out. And of course, there's a lot more as well. So just check out our index. Now, even if you're not a Patreon, you can still check out the index and have a look at what exactly is on there. Um, and we're gathering information all the time as well. Okay, so uh, again, thank you to all our Patreons. Um, we've now got 42 of them. So a huge shout out to all of them. Okay, so today we're going, like I said, we're going to be talking about the fight against the sin, which is the latest installment of the 22nd Phantom Saga. Now, it was written by Swedish giant Klaes Remifi and illustrated by Janice Auden, who is from Poland. Now, we're not going to be discussing Heart of Darkness. There's three, four chapters in there. We're oh. not... We're not going to be discussing that. We're just going to be discussing these stories. So what we're going to do now, uh, I'm going to hand over to Steve and he's going to tell us a little bit about the tale of the tape and kind of give everyone a bit of a catch up of what has happened uh, and what is happening. And then we are going to um, go from there. So Stephen, can you please take over? Thanks, Jermaine. Rightio. So if you read the story you'll be familiar uh, with the setting but if you haven't had a chance to to read it yet here's your bit of a synopsis for you so it's the the tale or the 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 comic the story is set a few years in the future um and imagines a dismal and dystopian future for the phantom universe an earthquake and a tsunami have devastated bangala and wiped out morristown uh bababu good old general bababu he's always good for a good story Mm. Bababu is, ten, is in tenuous charge of Bengala, threatened, threatened by growing gang power and under pressure from international arms dealers. Sandal Singh, she's under threat as leader of the Singh Pirates with a coup planned by her cousin Rular Singh. Bengala, needless to say, is in chaos. Meanwhile, the 21st Phantom has been missing for over a year. Hero was found in the first part, but Devil is still missing. Diana and the Phantom split up over the possibility that the Phantom fathered Sandal Singh's son, which first appeared in 2015 Rodea Gate, uh, part two of the Singh War, after apparently being conceived in the 2011 fateful meeting. And if you're a long-time podcast listener, you'll know some of our feelings about that one. Um, however has been named in part one of this four-part series as Nadir, or Nadir, depending on your pronunciation. Kit and Heloise initially struggled to work together, but coming together now, during the fight against Singh story, they split up, but not as in they had a big fight or anything. <laughs> uh, one's gone after their father, but so Kit's gone to look to go find uh, the 21st Phantom, and Heloise has gone to protect their mother. Um... We, uh, now I'll throw over to Jim. Um, I can't wait to discuss this. Hope yeah. we can get through your part, Jim. <laughs> Let's get through it. I was going to say, did you uh, read a thesaurus or something today? Saying, oh. Well, I, I did choose this part because I really like the adjectives and, and, and that version that you asked. <laughs> was written up there. I thought, that's a nice... I'll, I'll read that part. <laughs> okay. So oh, I got shivers down my spine at the start of it, uh, Steve. <laughs> uh, 
I'm looking at him going, I'm oh, just as well I didn't uh, t- say that bit. I wouldn't have been able to pronounce half of those words. <laughs> See, I was doing you a solid there, mate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, so we have now seen seven parts of this futuristic story. I think it's important that we remember that it is set in the future. So the first Yes, three... and you remind of that every issue. Yeah. It always says a few years in the future. I think so it's... No matter when you read this, it's always a few years yeah. in the future. As well <laughs> the 21st right. is always the current phantom. Okay, so the first three stories was published all the way back in 2016 in Team Phantom Man and 2017 for free. So for Team Phantom Man or for the Egmont and Nor- uh, Norwegian versions, uh, it was nine, issue nine of 2016, issue 21 of 2016 and issue two and three of 2017. For free, it was published in 1792, 1793, and 1794. So what we are going to be doing today is reviewing the last four parts, which is named Fight Against the Sin. So it was originally published uh, all last year for Phantom Man, which is issue five of 2019, issue six and seven of 2019, issue 17 of 2019, and issue 22 and 23 of 2019. If we go on, Jim, does that mean that they had a, a big gap between... Yes. Oh, the poor fellas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, yeah, you're probably... I was going to say exactly the same thing, uh, Stephen. So, um, Mary, what, was the, what was the length of time between first and fourth? Uh, episode, uh, issue fifth, which would have been probably about uh, April, and then the last one would have been uh, late November, early December. So basically over a year where we yeah, got them, at least we months, got yeah. it about over two to three months period, which was April to June. Uh, well, basically consecutively. Yeah. I should have checked my notes because it actually yeah. says that. Uh, <laughs> 1864, 1866, 1867 and 1868. So now I'm going to hand over to Dan and he's going to explain the next part and we'll go from there, which is just, I'm looking forward to this next part. Sure. So um, what um, what we did, Jermaine had put up on social media a few, um, just, a, just a general query, what did you think of the story and that sort of thing? So we want to share some of the, um, so share some of what our fans have said or what people are on, um, and there's a little peek behind the curtains there. Um, but basically we wanted to share what people had said on the social medias as to um, uh, yeah, their response to this story and their thoughts on the plot. Um, from Instagram, um, there's a new fandom account there who, fa- who fo- posts fandom memes, that sort of thing. He's pretty funny. Um, you can, um, we, we might link to it somewhere else. So I'm not going to read that out. Uh, but basically, <laughs> he, he replied with, um, I like what I read. The stakes are high and it gives the characters a sense of motivation. Subplots are often used for filler to keep continuing the story, so subplots can't be that bad. Regardless, I'm enjoying the story. It's intense to read and I hope for a stunning conclusion. With that said, I keep thinking to myself, man, this would be an amazing plot for a video game. Lol. So um, Instagram, um, the, the I guess the subplot that he's referring to there is what we're going to spend some time on, and that's Sandal Singh's son. Um, and he doesn't mind that one at all. So that's uh, from there. From Facebook, uh, Shane Foley, who actually is the cover artist for part four of this, um, commented there on the Facebook post and said that he's really enjoying the story. And uh, Anthony Gillies uh, said that he's enjoying it too, was a bit worried about his focused card. 
Um, Shane, <laughs> Shane expanded when he said that he thought the story was really intriguing. He thought that having the 21st Phantom missing in action is a nice plot device to test the reaction to having the twins as the newest Phantoms. Uh, he still's not very fussed about the way that so many Phantoms in Swedish stories have illegitimate children, uh, but overall he's enjoying it so far. Um, John Cookson loves the covers. Um, no comment on the story, John. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so that was on Facebook, over on Twitter. Um, one of the, our Twitter followers, Master of Wall Staring, um, is, um, <laughs> and he's got, uh, what's the dog's name from Footrot Flats? Oh, well, dog. no one knows. No one knows. Dog, dog. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, well, that's his profile. But anyway, um, he's, he replies, I've only read part one and it made me so angry. Um, we're talking there about how did you feel about the 21st Phantom apparently fathering Sandelsing's child. It made me so angry. So the Phantom had an affair. If I got that right, it's BS. So mixed reactions from the um, from the social media world there. Hmm. And I really enjoyed having everyone kind of um, sending some some feedback through and stuff like that. And I know it's generated a lot of conversation with us and some of these other people off social media as well. So no. Um, so how know. can people get get in touch with us on social media? Oh, sorry. Yes, that's my. <laughs> I got distracted by working out how to share screens and stuff. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us on face, uh, social media, when I mentioned Facebook, just go for and search Chronicle Chamber um, or where the um, admin team of the Phantom Collector Group. If you want to go to Twitter, we are at Chronicle underscore tweet. On Instagram, you just search for us at Chronicle Chamber and on YouTube, you can find us on Chronicle Chamber as well. And, and maybe you're watching us there now. So in which case, you've already found us. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun. We're going to discuss uh, the, the stories. But before we do that, um, one of the discussions that we did have was about what would a younger fan think about this type of story? Because the story, how would you put it? It's, in parts, it's quite adult. The art's quite adult. The, the overall feel is adult you know kind of feels like an adult comic so what we've done is uh dan um got his uh 11 year old son gus who's not a stranger to anyone who's listened to this podcast to read a couple of the stories and then dan spent a couple of minutes uh just talking to gus just to kind of get a bit of a younger person's opinion on the stories and i think this is important because and i'm sure you guys will uh agree with this as well is that you know while we're you know, let's face it, we're, we're old farts now. Um, but it's, it, it's, good see, it's good to see, it's good to see. I think you're now in your forties, aren't you, Steve? Yeah. Big 40 now. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's good to hear from a younger person. So we'll just, uh, pause for a little bit and we will hand the microphone over to Gus. Right, I guess you've just read um, the Fight Against Sing stories, part one and two, out of three and four. Yeah. Um, in five words or less, what did you think? They were really awesome. Four words. That's good. <laughs> uh, tell us about the covers. Oh, they were really colourful, and I liked, um, like, even it sort of tells um, most of the characters. Um, what some of them, and that was really cool because you sort of want to match them up in the stories. Like, oh, that guy's there, where is he in the story? Like, you go through and you find them, 
it's pretty cool. And um, there were lots of them, which was awesome. Yep. You find even more characters in the actual book. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you asked me very early, like when you were looking at the covers, is this about the female phantom? So yeah. tell me, what did you find it to be about? I found it out to be um, that the dad had... Uh, dad, the phantom, had disappeared and Kit and Heloise, the twins, were trying to rescue him. Yeah. Were they rescuing him? Well, they're trying. Yeah, trying. Yeah. I can't remember. They're trying to find him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the best bits of the story, the two parts that you've read so far? Well, the most surprising would probably be when I found out old man Moz was blind and he um, somehow found the, found them in the bush, mm-hmm. somehow. And... Um, he said he had developed this thing called an inner eye. Mm-hmm. Not sure what that's about, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Well, I, I liked um, all the action and, yeah. Okay. What did you think about seeing the twins both being the Phantom? Cause it you... was so amazing. And what was pretty funny was when, um, since some of the pygmy or band of people... Um, said how how come that woman is dressed up in a phantom suit and then the other one another person answered him it is still the phantom he can change like genders and he can even split himself into more than one person if he wants to yeah cool that was weird because <laughs> you haven't seen the twins or had read any other stories about the twins since they were little kids mm. when they first went to school yeah. Kit went to the Himalayas. So was it interesting to see um, them all grown up and being the Phantom? Yeah, it was strange. And um, one of the ones where Kit was um, like a shadow, he sort of looked like the actual Phantom, just a bit more small. And if that was just in a normal picture, I probably would have thought that was actually the Phantom. Mm, so he looks a lot like... Mm. Yeah. Nearly identical. To his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, what about the Sing Pirates? Did you like reading about them? Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Did you have any thoughts about them? And that storyline, like how oh. like the, the, the Sandal Singh, the leader, is getting um, people trying to kill her and stuff? Yeah, that was, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. And mm, probably the cruelest bit in... The Sing Pirates bit was when um, they had to fight to the death on narrow beams above a shark-infested in lake um, and the last person standing would get to be pardoned. Mm. Did you know they had something a bit similar to that to, in the very first ever Phantom story, like 80 years ago? Uh, Fighting on a shark tank type thing? Is it the Phantom one? That I know. I don't know. With Billy Zane in it. Uh, No, well, they do have sharks in that too, don't they? So it's a bit of a theme. But no, the very first ever Phantom story um, had them fighting over a shark tank. Oh, cool. Mm, So it's a bit of a theme through the Phantom. I want to watch that. 
It's a sto- It's a comic book. Well, can I read it then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anything else you want to say, like um, about parts one and two? Are you excited to read part three and four? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely excited to read parts three and four. I also like how it's not all in just one big book. Like you've got all these separate ones, and that's makes it so you can. Like, there's also mini comic bits at the end. Yeah. Which are pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's too late at night now for you to read part three and four. got to go to bed. Damn. <laughs> Bad luck. All right. <laughs> Thanks for talking to us, Gus. That's fine. See ya. Awesome. Thank you for that, Dan and Gus. Uh, really appreciate um, you jumping on and doing that as well. So Now, before um, anyone rings child protection or anything like that, um, I did read the stories first. There was parental guidance in the sense of <laughs> I decided that if he can read Harry Potter back-to-back 17 times and watch the movies in the dark, um, he can certainly cope with the Phantom story with some slightly adult themes. Um, it's probably it, it was compared to Harry Potter, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, he enjoyed it. And as you heard, he's looking forward to uh, reading parts three and four. So um, he's got them lined up for breakfast reading in the morning. Awesome. (laughs) That is good. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with the covers because I think the covers are, you know, they're the ones that sit in the newsagent. That's what a lot of people uh, start off with and stuff like that. So, um, Stephen, do you want to give us a bit of a, uh, a bit of your opinion, a bit of a shout out on the covers, and then we'll kind of go from there? Okay. So, all the covers I think are, are great. Now, um, at time of recording, I haven't got the fourth part, so I don't have the fourth one right in front of me, but I was shown it before. Um, if you just flick it back up on the screen there, Jim. So, no worries, mate. This is one by Shane Foley. Shane Foley, who was mentioned earlier in in the um, um, tweets or what have you. And the responses. Um, I think they've all done a, a stellar job and all would stand out uh, nicely on, on the shelves. Um, I think part one, is that Jeremy, that looks like Jeremy McPherson's work? Yep. Yep. Part two, um, I'm just going to say Alex. I'm not going to try saying his surname. Sorry, Alex. Alex T, can... I think he's happy with. <laughs> Alex T. Or Trip. Trip. Alex Good Trip, on you, yeah. Alex. And uh, Chewy Chan with part three. Yep. And... I should show back covers as well because they're also superb. Um, my pick of the bunch is um, Alex's. I really like Alex's work here. I like all of the work, but um, Alex's, um, I, don't, I guess it's the, the symmetry of the, of the front cover. Um, I'm doing my best here to show it. Um, I really like the way that that's set out and mm. um, uh, planned, if you like. And the back cover, the back cover, that could be a front cover if you, yeah, it does remind me of a um, of the um, the triptych or the triptych. I can't remember which one that um, the diptych uh, one, uh, which which Jamie Johnson did. Is that the with, one with his over the the um, tombstone? This one, I just remember with the two gangsters or something, or two thugs about to have a crack yeah. at him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it harkens back to that, but we got in front of the skull cave and thing. I think that's a really striking back cover. Yeah which complements the front cover really, really well. That's my opinions on the covers. Yep. Um, fellas, what, uh, what do you guys think? What, Dan, what do you reckon? Oh, I loved all of the covers as well. Um, I, to be honest, uh, the Chewy Chan cover probably was a little bit overly muscly for, for me as a fan, but then the, like the composition of the rest of it and the story it tells with the shark uh, tank and all the rest of it is fantastic. Um, 
I probably would agree with you, to be honest, Steve, in terms of my favourite cover would be the one um, on 1866 by Electric Trip. And uh, so that's, that's um, you know, credit to him and his first fandom, um, first fandom cover. Um, I really enjoyed it for all the sort of reasons that you said as well. So, um, which is not that I don't like the others, but that if you've got to pick one, that would be my favourite. I'll put this question to you though, both of you guys. Would um, would it have been uh, better if uh, Fru had done a quad tick, if you like, so four consecutive covers, <laughs> or or even a pair of diptychs out of this um this four? Yeah, that was going to be my question as well, and I have to say that I I think it would have been. It would have required. It would have been better to have a whether it was a you know a, a two diptychs or a, a quadriptych or, or whatever you want to call it, but it would have been that was probably one of the things that I loved the most about the first part was that the covers kind of matched up, um, and it just I understand giving giving artists you know more opportunity and you know when they probably did this it was probably also for Supernova so that way all these artists would have covers to sign at the supernova booth which would sure. be happening in a couple of weeks time and stuff yep. like that so i understand that but in my opinion from a pure collector's point of view i would have liked to seen a, a two diptychs or a, a quad diptych or, or whatever yeah. you want to call it <laughs> oh I, I hadn't thought of it to tell you the truth i really hadn't until you just mentioned it then um and not that I don't think that's a, a bad idea because it's, it's a decent idea, but I do like the um, the variety that we've gotten now yeah. with the with the four different artists depicting yeah. four different parts of the of the whole story in their own special yeah. way. So I kind of like the uniqueness of of each of each yeah. artist's style. I guess that's a, that's a good point. I um I I absolutely agree with you, Steve. I like the I do like the variety that we've got. Um, the I know that diptychs would be really hard too if you're going to go with different artists. So it makes sense to do it with a one. Um, I liked um what defenders uh, no King did with um one of their King's quests oh, where they yeah. had we uh, had the stories go vertically under each other and tie through. So that was yeah. really cool. Which makes me wonder if you could even do a diptych, a diptych that was like this. <laughs> and then matched up down here, so it was actually became a really quite a, a, a cool poster rather than a strip. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but again, that's um, yeah. that's a, a lot of effort and a lot of work. Yeah, you raise a good point with King. So that was the that was the first issue over the four different things. But I think it was their second one. It was actually four squares. Um, okay. And so if you remember, it, it had like the Phantom, and then it had someone else, and then that kind of overlapped with. You know, yeah, what it was, so you yeah, know, it's a, it's a good point. Um, yeah, but yeah, like you said, it would have made a lot of more sense. Uh, well, there's arguments for both if you want to go to Supernova and uh, whether it's signatures on artists, um, cut various covers or um, a collectible poster, um, either way, yeah. but uh, it's a win win either way, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> for us, but I guess for the artists, you know, more work. More covers mean more yeah. work for them, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's what it would probably normally be. Is that it's you know because I know in the past they've done that. They've if you if one of the Australian artists are going to Supernova, they try and get them to do a cover in the prior couple of months, so that way they've got the jam cover and another issue which people can come up to them and yeah and stuff like that. And, and right. we've all enjoyed it; and it's worked really well. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now I think before we discuss anything more about the story, I think we need to address the elephant in the room because I think that's probably what we're going to be discussing and probably spend the most of the time on. So now, so I'm going to hand over to you guys uh, first. Um, so basically what we're going to be talking about is the subplot of the Phantom possibly fathering Sandal Singh's son, who is named Nadir, which um, uh, Stephen talked about previously. So now um, I'm not going to say anything more and I'm going to hand it over to you guys and then we'll kind of go <laughs> from there. So uh, who wants to go first out of yours? Well, we'll just you, get started and see what Steve. happens. Uh, we'll see what This has been a very in interesting conversation that the three of us have had behind the scenes over the last few weeks, let's say. Yeah. And um, there was a stage when it was going to get pretty sweary and depending <laughs> on what Jermaine says, it could still get pretty sweary. No, that's exactly right. I like how Jermaine set this up so that he gets the last word. You know... Yeah, um, he is not going to go, the last one, two, three... No, 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 no. You will get a chance to respond and stuff. Like <laughs> seeing, I'm, seeing I'm, you know, kind of running it, i got to let you guys go first. Okay. So, basically... Um, as was mentioned in the in the uh, the recap, the tale of the tape, um, Diana left the Phantom. Um, we un do we now? Can I confirm? Do we only find that out in this four part? Of that didn't happen in the first three, did it? That's correct, because we never saw Diana at all in the first. That's right. In the first part, so yeah. we're only learning. We're yeah. only learning about this story arc in this series now. Yes, and what a shock it was. So she's she's over in America as she often um, finds herself due to her work with the UN. Yep. And then we, we see her um, uh, monologuing, for lack of a better word. There should be a better word there that I can't think of. Um, talking about having to leave Kit because he was unfaithful to her. I'm just going to show this panel here while you're talking, Steve. This is the monologue. Um, when I learned that he had a child with Sandal Singh, it was as if someone had twisted a knife in my stomach. So, which um, is a reasonable response. On, yeah, and goes on to yeah. say yeah. that here yeah, they've been separated. Yeah, she's yeah. left him. And um, we we're definitely on record on saying that we don't like that story arc in the um, let's say the regular issues, not just this mm. futuristic one, mm. um, and how it just seems to be okay for Sandal to. Um, Drug or was it what happened? Uh, he was not you, you take yeah, over drug, drugged okay. and then raped. Then, if, <laughs> so we are led to believe that Sandal drugged and then raped the phantom. Yeah, and everyone and seems because to be of that reasonably the, cool yeah. with it. And it's phantom's fault that he fathered a child with Sandal. That's probably not saying it quite right, but you get the idea. Um, and where are we up to? And so, of course, Diana, Diana is angry with Kit for fathering a child with um, Sandal and, um, and has left him. And we really don't think that should be a plot device used in this story or used mm. at all, do we, Dan? No, we don't. And um, I, I know we keep talking about, and this is one thing that I know, I, I, it's going to feel like I'm trying to jump ahead of the game, but um, in terms of us talking about the possibility of... Um, the father being Nadir's father, um, or Sandal's, you know, the Ill illegitimate father, da-da-da. Uh, it's, it's just recounted as fact 
in these in each of these four comic books. It's no it's not a possibility. It's recounted this fact, and all of the quotes that I could find around Nadir and um, how people talked to him uh, talked about him. It was all fact that, and that's how it's presented. Yeah, I think you. That's, that's a very good point because previously, before this story, it was very wishy-washy. Like Sandal would say, "It's your son," and then a couple of pages later, she would say, "It is not your son." So mm. they've either well. And can I show you? Yeah, show us show the panel. You. Show us the panel. She's, this is um, how she talks about. Um, uh, the father of her child now. I'm just trying to get that in focus again. This panel, um, this panel here. Watching on the video. Yeah, sorry for those uh, <laughs> for those not watching the video. She says, <laughs> "Don't you think I would recognise the father of my child?" But the stri- but the similarity is striking. You must be related. So, don't what you think page initial is that one? So that's page nine of um, part three, 1867. Yeah. In so, the context, Kit's gone to rescue his father. And he's yeah. dressed up as the Phantom. And yeah. so yeah. looks very much like his old man, but she knows that there's a yeah. bit of a difference there. So, but she, and, and deliberately calls him the father of my child. Yeah. Mm. So the, the way I see it is that it's either... Th- there has to be a story that we haven't seen yet where it's become fact or they're still led to believe that it is. So in my opinion, and I know you guys are different, I'm still of the opinion until I see a story where there's some form of, what would you call it, uh, DNA testing or something like that, I'm still on the fence of whether it is the son or not. That's just my opinion. And I believe there was some conversation that we had with a couple of other fans and uh, one fan in particular did use the word DNA testing typical soap opera type of stuff like that. So, yeah, so from so that's where I sit, and I know you guys are different, so... Um, um, I'm not... Th- in that sense, I'm not different. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still holding on to a, a shred of hope that it's not his son. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's probably what I'm doing. I'm hoping that Clace Ramifi, who, let's face it, has probably written... Well, by the time he retires, he probably would have written the most Phantom stories ever because um, he's not that far behind Lee Falk now. Um, so for someone who's probably the most prolific Phantom creator, you would kind of hope that he's not going to destroy the lore of the Phantom by doing something like that, and he's just, you know, winding us all up. That's, my, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm grasping on. I'm grasping at straws, I know, but um, that's what... Until I see a story where it's, you know, there's a DNA t- test that shows it or, or whatever, I'm on the fence that it's still a possibility. I just don't know what the point of doing that is. Like, yeah. why would Clay Thrumethi even play with that? Like, uh, genuine Phantom fans don't like it. It's neither Steve and I, and I'm not saying you're not genuine because you've just said that. You're, <laughs> sorry, I, I hope that didn't come out that way um, because you've just said about how you're hoping that he hasn't broken the law as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, Steve and I are a little bit more pessimistic, I suppose, around whether he has or not. And, and I hope that he's not coming to that point of his career where he's written the most Phantom stories and, and then he's going to retire and he's just going, well, maybe I need to make a big change that is my thing that I can stamp on the Phantom. And he's, and he's tried to do that sort of thing before. 
in the 90s with the election in Bengali and, and that split with Lager becoming, uh, getting ousted as president. So he's tried to do that sort of thing before. He's got history there. To be fair, so, that wasn't just close from Murphy. That was... Of no, the- I know. Yeah, that was, no. that was when it was more of a team. <laughs> We won't, we won't, we won't put all the blame on Clace for that one. Okay. But he was, he was certainly involved. He was certainly I still involved. want him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I can't, I can absolutely understand. If you're, if you're writing for a, um, a character that's already established, it must be frustrating to be stuck in someone else's sandbox in the sense. We, we hear from um, emerging artists who are grateful to be able to play in the sandbox, and that's fantastic. But um, as you sort of said there, Jim, Clace is at the point where, you know, it must be frustrating to keep bumping up against the edges of it and go, Here's, I'd want to do something. I just hope yeah. this is not the something that he wants to establish. But I think you raised, you raised a good question, and I want to get back to that, is, is it a subplot that needs to be included in the story? Because I think this is where we probably disagree on well, I think this yeah. is where we will disagree. So one one thing I'd clarify before we want to go get on. back to that question, if you wanted to finish it up, uh, something else before we get on to that. No, I just think that, um, uh, and I, I was probably one of the first ones of us to start calling it a subplot. But the more I think of it, I don't. It's you know um, was conceived in two thousand and eleven, so that's nine years ago. So this is more of a thread than a subplot. And okay. this is Clace trying to tie in, you know, it's a long-term story arc that he's been working on. Yeah. Um, and now he's set, pitched it into the future as well. So, yeah, so that, that makes it more important, I think, than a subplot. Yeah, and to be fair, there are a lot of other th- long threads that are yeah. coming into here as well. Like there's Babubu, um, there's the Doggo Singh Sickness, there's... Um, the the brother of Doe guys and their kids yeah. and cousins and and stuff like yeah. that they're all long winding threads that are actually longer than this one as well so there's oh, a yeah, for lot sure. of, there's a lot of different threads uh, is there anything you just want to say before we get on to um, is it a necessary story no thread? we'll use the word thread we won't use the sub. Well, it's not a necessary. <laughs> well, let's just go into it. It's yeah. not a necessary story thread. Um, where, where we had a big argument, um, oh, well, it was a week or two ago, um, was arguing why. Well, why is Diana in New York or the USA, wherever she is over there, and why isn't she in Bangalore? Well, straight away, her work with the UN could easily put her in New York or um, and have her away from from Bangalore. It, then, it usually does, to be honest. And it does a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then we said, well, why hasn't she returned? Well, there was a giant earthquake. There's been a tsunami. The place is ravaged. Well, we can't get out of our country at the moment because some person over in um, China ate a bat. I'm fairly certain <laughs> that a natural disaster <laughs> is going to stop flights and stuff coming into um, Bengala or Morristown or yeah. In fact, I think in part two, um, there's talk about an endemic, uh, an epidemic, because um, when uh, Hamed sh- shoots the kids who have tried to rob Luaga, um, he-, he says something about you better bury those or they might cause an epidemic. Yeah, that's yeah right. there's reasons not to go in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's a good point, Stephen. And I, I did say that. So my counter argument, and I, I, I like this because we're kind of, explaining our argument to our listeners so they'll kind of you know 
My counter argument to that is she doesn't want to go to Bengala because it reminds her of the, of her husband, the 21st Phantom. And because, and because my argument is that if they weren't split up, she would come back to Bengala, even if, you know, and she does in episode three and four, she goes through having to, you know, fly to the different countries and, get herself smuggled in and stuff because normally if she was on speaking terms with her with her husband as soon as he was disappeared and there's fear that he's dead and stuff like that she would come back and try and find him or help and stuff like that and she's done that just as she's done that in the past when he was majorly injured and stuff like that she drops everything and goes to him and like, for instance, I'm thinking of Terror in Maratuan, which is the um, Sunday story where he gets blown up by um, the python when the first time we see him. He's lying half dead and she rushes in and spends time with him. So there is precedent and, you know, of basically when the Phantom needs her, she will drop everything and go there. And I guess the... The way I rationalise it is that the reason why she is not there until now is because Bengala reminds her of the betrayal, reminds her of the 21st Phantom and what has happened. It's a betrayal, by the way. Well, she sees it as a betrayal. And, and so that's why she hasn't come until now. And, and, and that's why I think she hasn't, you know, th- th- that's my response to your comment if that kind of makes sense i guess i guess we would need to know and, and that quote i showed before about i learned he had a child with sandal sing we'd need mm. to find about how she learned and what she learned yeah. um, about the child and that's that story I, I don't know that we're ever going to see a phantom story where they go to a laboratory and get a dna <laughs> test but um there, there does need to be you know to, to fill that gap there, a story about well how did diana learn what did she learn yeah um in terms of well why else would she be in New York? Maybe she's chasing down leads. The Phantom's been missing for 12 months and he is an international traveller and she's got access to the United Nations resources. Maybe she goes to New York to, to be a detective in her own right and track down where he is now and maybe there is a genuine lead. That's another potential story arc that gets that happening without the need for the, yeah. the, the Phantom's... So in other words, what you're saying time. is a bit more creative writing from Clace could have... Uh, could have had her in New York for a, a specific period of time rather than a cop out with the, with the child. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I didn't say that. I didn't, use, <laughs> no, I didn't use those words and it's not a cop out. He's, he's yeah. pot committed to this child. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, as yeah. we said, conceived in 2011, he is all yep. in on this and this is the direction he's taking it. And um, yeah, it's, I'm not a fan. Yeah. What I like about your idea there, Dan, or your, your suggestion was it still makes Diana quite strong um she's being proactive trying to find um like i said leads on leads on her husband um which yeah i think is great and would you know if we could write an alternative (laughs) plot to this 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 is the way we go everything else i reckon is fantastic Mm. i agree the this this these four stories taken together remove any um reference to nadir and the sun and it's a great story. It's an absolute ripper. But this yeah. spoils it to the point where we're now going to spend half the podcast talking about it. Um, I, I would just, uh, I would just, 
I don't know if Clayus is having an inside joke with us because to call the sun Nadir, the definition of Nadir is the low point of something. So <laughs> if he's written in somehow, or, or maybe that's a maybe that's Fru's translation. Dudley, maybe Dudley's having a laugh. But uh, Nadir, by definition, is the low point, and that seems to that's be where we're going. That is that that is awesome. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a it's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my opinion is and we've said it before and I agree with you I don't like the idea of the Phantom possibly fathering Nadia um, where I stand on it I'm on the fence in the sense that I don't I don't like the story thread but I don't dislike the story thread and the outcome of the, who the father is will determine whether I like it or whether I don't. One of the reasons why one of the thing that I, I like about the, the, the cloud of uncertainty is that it heaps another layer of trouble on the Walker family. The thing that I really like about this story is that there's a lot of stuff going on. There's the twins fighting. There's Diana and the, uh, you know, mum and dad not talking, uh, living in different continents. There's, you know, then, then the fact that he disappears and then old man Moz loses his sight and then there's Babubu that's taken over and, and the, you know, and all this type of stuff. It's almost like, the perfect storm, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And then we've got this broken family that have to come together. And it's like another layer of junk that has been chucked onto them to try and work through. Um, that's, that's why I'm kind of sitting on the fence is because, you know, you know, because, you know, it's just another layer for them to, you know, to, to work through and sort out. That, that layer is not one that Phantom fans are familiar with. And I'm, yeah, if I think back point. across the 90, nearly 90 years of Phantom history, um, the closest we've ever seen to something like this is probably the Marshall sisters or um, through the 40s and 50s before the actual um, engagement um, that sometimes the Phantom's head might get turned for a fraction of a second by a pretty girl um, especially the sexy bad guys, um, and and they played up to it, and, and there was a, there was that element. But other than that, um, yep. the since the, the, the Phantom's always been someone who has been in love with Diana since they were six and twelve or whatever, eight and twelve when they met, whatever it was, yep. um, all the way through. And so for them, it's just so jarring in terms of mm. the the family values that we so often talk about with. Um, which is not, and I'm not in any way trying to say that um, having illegitimate children and uh, and all the rest of it is is uh, not a family value to be proud of or what anything like that. But it's just not where the, not where the phantom and his lineage has been. So yeah, um, yeah, and, and that's a valid point. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's a very we haven't seen it before. Probably the last time would probably be Susie in the governor and Susie or the hijackers story. Yeah. Uh, and that was just after Diana said no 
but she didn't want to marry the Phantom and they actually broke up. That was after their first engagement. And then he went on the wild adventure with Susie. And in, there was, from memory, there was some parts where he was kind of wavering and, and stuff. I think in that story, there was some, a little bit of flirting as they were running from danger and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it was all, you know, <laughs> certainly not the level of which we're talking about now when we're using no. words like rape and um, half-brother and, you know, separation and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, I, what I'm looking forward to, and I'm putting full trust in close, close here, is that the payoff is going to be phenomenal. Yeah. But like you said, everything's just raining down on, on, on at mm. the moment. There's layer upon layer upon layer. Murphy's Law, like you were saying, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So when things start going right, and hopefully we see the, the number 20, you know, Phantom 21 come, come back and find out where he's been, you know, deep undercover. I'd love to see that he's deep undercover in that in that sandal, um, seeing pirate um, compound somewhere and just yeah eating him from the inside out. Um, we find out that um, Nadir isn't um, the Phantom's illegitimate um, child, and just all these things, just all these puzzle pieces start falling into place, and re- the payoff on hopefully it's in the, the very, very near future where we get to read it, that it just comes to fruition. Because, mm. you know, anyone who does gardening, and I don't do a lot of it, but the more crap you put on the plants, the better they grow. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's He's see putting this. a lot of crap down. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I went with crap. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> I do not want to have to press that E button when we upload. <laughs> um and see this absolutely bloom into something. Um, yeah. Because there's definitely a lot of emotional. Uh, I feel like I've got a real emotional investment. In this I can't wait to read the next part. Yeah. Every, every time I've finished the, the story, I want to read the next part. I want to read yeah. the next chapter, whatever you want to call it of this now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, having, in, I'm about to kind of segue into moving onto something. Yeah. Wait on the thing. Are we, are we good to do that? Uh, Dan, you got anything? I'm, I'm happy. I thought we had a very uh, look, I, conversation. I, I hope that um, the enthusiasm that you guys have shown the last two or three minutes have given me some hope, I suppose, that maybe, I like your analogy there, Steve, and maybe that Clay is a long-term planner and all that sort of stuff, but I'm just, I just hope it's worth the risk because at the moment yeah. the risk is high and, yep. um, and if the, the President Luaga election in Bengali thing, Mabanga, uh, you know, split the universe for 20 years. This, this could bring him back he, together. Did you see what Luaga did in this? In part? Oh, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hard to see. It's so hard to see. And we'll get to look, we'll talk he about Luaga. He's in the long game. Yeah, we'll talk about him soon. But just, I hope that, I hope, but I yeah. just fear. Yeah. I, I pick up each one of these with a little bit of a knot in my stomach going, well, is this going to be the last new Phantom? Is this going to be the last Team Phantom story I read? Because uh, it, could, it, it could come to that. <laughs> well, well, it means the uh, Comics and News podcast might be shorter without you, Steve. Oh, Dan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll move on. Um, I hope people enjoyed that. That's 
kind of like the PG version of our initial conversation. <laughs> um, if you want the M rated version, <laughs> give us a minute. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be on B three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some story threads or subplots or points out of the whole four stories. Uh, we've got a list of maybe about 10. And we're just going to fire off and kind of go through there. And then we're going to have a bit of a free-for-all. And that's the plan. And we'll kind of see what happens. So, guys, now one of the things that I like better out of this part than the first three parts was the first page of every story. Which yeah, those who came in late. It was a brilliant idea. Yeah, because the first part, in the first part, it wasn't until part three that we actually got this page. And okay. it, it reads a lot better when you have that at the start. Um, and I thought uh, Clace and Janice did a brilliant job in making it different, but the same, if that kind of makes sense. 100%. So I really Different camera angles was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was one of the things I really liked about it. Like in... in and the, I like... Yep, sorry. Well, in in the, this, the last issue where you've got Babu uh, sitting in the middle and I think everything goes around him. Yep. So for those who are on YouTube, this is uh, issue 1868, page one, which I'm sure you can kind of see there. Yeah. Brilliant point, Steve. Yeah. And uh, I liked how you caught up to, to date with the, the entire thing on that first page, but often the first or second panel of the next page caught you up on where this arc had got to. Mm. So it really, it, um, you know, and, and if we enjoyed that so much when we're getting the comic every second week, imagine how necessary that was for the, uh, for the Egmont readers as they were getting it. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Um, okay, so what did you guys think about the art? Now, I find this interesting because Dudley almost seemed like he was apologising for the art in some of his message from the Phantom messages. And he was going, it's not Cy Barry. It's not Cy Barry. <laughs> and, but I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, uh, I did too. There's, uh, there's a few panels I had... Um, uh, question marks about and, and maybe that was more to do with the characterization because the kit for instance when he especially in the first couple of books if i remember rightly when he heard about you know when the when the tribe had been wiped out and he wanted to get on the the um, trail of them um and then uh, later when he hears that there's pirates who have, have um, attacked a boat he's he just goes from naught to 25 in on the Inga scale immediately um but but that's not uh criticism of, uh, again that the, the art just seemed a bit over the top in those instances mm. but uh, maybe that's the characterization being over the top but no i, I quite enjoyed um Auden's work really good yeah I, I, same here and, and i think um the the black and white of the frues has have really um helped set the tone of this story it's, it's a dark and like it's, it's a dark story it, it's it's um you know layer upon layer of crap um, so it's not the most happiest of times, and I think the the the, the black and white of of, of the fruit comic has really um, added to the to the way the story mm. feels. I think. Yeah. Now I have one criticism with the art, and that is, in some panels, in black and white, maybe it didn't really kind of work. There was one. I think it was in page, in part three. I'll try and bring this up. 
Um, like, for instance, and I think a lot of this has to do with it being in black and white and not in colour. This is page nine. For those who are listening to it on the audio, you can see there a panel of no deer running. Uh, and then there was another one um, where the dude gets shot. Oh, Balin on page 21 looks a bit off. Um, and this one on page 23, that just didn't work for me in black and white. And so when you say the one on 23, is that the one where yeah. he's fighting the gun front? Yeah. That was, and, I re, and I remember asking you if you had the, the colour version of that because I wanted to see what that looked like in colour. It looked um, better in colour, didn't it? Well, I was actually wondering if the, um, if the gun had kind of been rubbed out or something because, um, you know, had that been censored because it's a, it's a front-on gunshot. Um, <laughs> during to conversations we'd had earlier about other things. Um, I thought, um, surely they haven't rubbed out a gun. Um, but no, it was just because of the, the colouring. Mm. Now, I have one other criticism, and this is kind of forgivable in the sense that he's drawn four parts, you know, which probably would have taken him a year to draw the whole lot. So <laughs> if, we, if we look at uh, issue or part one on page 13... Um, you look at Sandal Singh, for example, um, for those who are on YouTube. And then if you look at Sandal Singh on part three on page nine, Sandal Singh looks a lot different just in the way she's um, portrayed. So like, just the way she kind of looks with the face and stuff, it doesn't look the same. Um, so that, again, for those, if you're flicking through like uh, my web. Uh, hosts uh, in issue 1864 page 13 and 1867 on page 9 if you look at Sandal Singh's face she just she looks different um, that's probably probably really the only criticism I have when it comes to uh, Janice's art I, I really enjoyed his art um, mm. You know, his art style, and we've talked this, about this in the past, where if you've got a nice pool of artists, you can match their art styles to the stories, and his art style matches this story. Yeah. I guess um, one thing that we absolutely have to talk about when we're discussing a, a relative new, relatively new artist is the way that they've depicted the Phantom. Uh, himself or herself and, and this is it's an interesting challenge that the artists of these stories have got is that they've got a lot of panels with both a male and a female phantom and they've got to draw both of them effectively so um i, I and also when i when i think about this i'm also mindful about how old the kids are supposed to be because a few years into the future i guess makes them i don't know 21 23 at the absolute oldest well would you figure Nadir, how old would you say Nadir is? Nadir looked like oh, he was in primary school. He looked like yeah, he eight. Would you say I was thinking eight? Yeah, I was thinking more five or six, but yeah. Okay, so we'll say five to eight. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll say six to eight. So probably Abby's age to how old's how old are yours, Stephen? Yeah, my oldest is eight. Yeah, so between you know my oldest and your oldest, that. In a sense, so that means, let's, let's say, you know, six to eight. So that means the twins would be... Yeah, I'll put this, When I'm looking yeah, at them... So I'm that would be... Yeah, so I would say probably 22 to 25 is where I probably have... Yeah, them. okay. 
So I guess, um, and I know the, the walkers have got good genetics, but uh, through this um, kit uh, is especially bulk. And, um, and, and I suppose, and this is just from the first few pages of chapter one um, that I'm looking at there, and you can see um, the two of them. Um, kit is quite, uh, is quite built, and uh, we, um, I guess the three of us watch a lot of Australian football. What, what year of uh, AFL what, <laughs> is this guy in? He looks like he's been in the. He's been in the system for a few years. He's been in the system for a few years. So and and look, he was playing professional football in America. So maybe that's uh, and and he's got good genetics. So it all makes sense. But but what do you think of the um, the way that uh, Auden has depicted both the male and the female in this instance? I think he's done Kit really well. I think he looks like a a good strong phantom. Um, But yeah, he's he's obviously hit the gym up a a few a bit. Well, the jungle gym. <laughs> but, but you think he, you think he's going to get strong because well one because of his genetics and two because of the the work he's going to be doing yeah. and Wilson um, McCoy's phantom was quite lithe compared to yeah this one. that's and that's right but that was Wilson McCoy's and not Genesis but it's not he's yeah. he's, he's not depicted like uh, Chewy Chan's phantom on the front no no I I think in my opinion he he looks and and I don't know how he does this. But Kit looks younger than the 21st Phantom. Um, and maybe I'm just reading into that because I know he is younger. But in my opinion, he looks younger. I think Heloise looks younger than, say, someone in their 30s and stuff. I really like the way he's drawn Heloise. Heloise is... Heloise has more got that, yeah, the McCoy way. Which, of... is, which is what you expect from... Yeah which you expect from a, a, a girl. I don't want to sound bad when I say it like that, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you know, you expect her to be lighter than her, um, her brother, yeah. but she's still, you know... Physically she, strong. Yeah, she looks physically strong, but she's not a, you know, uh, like some other artist. Not a bodybuilder. Yeah, not a bodybuilder, and then well, she's not a, a porno star in a, you know, an outfit yeah. as well. If, yeah. Say if you if you check out something like WWE and see the fellas, they're big and strong and they do all this stuff. And you go see the women um, nowadays. If you watched it back twenty years ago, they're just there for candy. But if you watch them now, they they are fit and they're strong and they're yeah. doing you know fantastic stuff, just like uh, the fellas are. And they don't look big and bulky. They look athletic, like uh, Hello like Hello yeah. yeah, that's a very good analogy. Probably. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, and um, know, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably the um, the the most there's no real way of saying this without like I was gratuitous or the most overt I guess overt there you go we should have heard of that before I said it gratuitous but there you are uh, the the most overt um, form of the of Julie yeah. or, or sorry Heloise there is probably the front cover of um, of uh, which one is it 1868 by Shane Foley that's probably where she's um, um, at a fullest and perkiest, if we want to be blunt, and um, so, but in terms of the story art itself, yeah, you're right. She's a, a very athletic and. Um, mm. and I just realised that like, part three is the only one where she's not on the cover. She on the back? Yeah, correct. No, she's not on the back either. Yeah. Not that I can see. Good point. I like which one was it? Was it part one? Um, on page twenty. In part one, where, and I think this is a really good point by Clay Ramifi, where he 
addresses the other elephant in the room is how can there be two phantoms and one look like a, a female? On page 20 in issue 1864, I'll just read it out. Um, it goes, who is the woman? Why is she dressed like the phantom? And the little boy goes, because she is the ghost who walks, silly. His powers are endless and he can take whatever form he wants. He can be several phantoms if he wants to. And bam, it's out of the way and it never has to be addressed again. I really uh, like you should have uh, should have put an old jungle saying at the bottom of that uh, frame, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, I remember reading that and thinking that yeah, that was good, and because you know there were stories that you know where devil comes out and they think oh he's changed himself into into the, the yeah the exactly yeah, so yeah, it it just kind of like you know answers puts you know we don't have to think about that anymore because the and it just took up one panel. I thought that was really good um, in addressing kind of like the whole thing. Now, um, what else? I'm just looking at some of my notes. Have you guys got anything you just want to? Well, I like the throwback to um, the first Phantom story where he's um, battling the, the, the pirate on the shark tank. And now we've got Kit who's in with the sing and there's a shark that he's got to mm, um, yeah. contend with. I thought, eh, that's a nice little throwback right there. And what about the, because I picked that, but I actually picked another story, is the, um, do you remember Reagan's game? It was the daily story, the last published in 1786, where Reagan was a prince and they go through elements and one of the elements was he was battling something and then two hawks came and attacked him to try and put him into uh into quickstand and it was very you know it, the birds that try to swoop the phantom reminded me of that as well so um i, I like that i thought place for me if he did a brilliant job in putting a lot of story arcs that he's created but a lot of other phantom newspaper story arcs and threads and subplots into these as well. I thought he did a really good job with that. And yeah, and what I like about it is because, you know, that was in the first found story and here we have Kit in really his yeah. first adventure. Mm. And he's got the same sort of yeah. um, problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% agree with that and um, some of what you guys have just said in the last five minutes, um, Gus covered actually. Uh, oh. I know you haven't heard it yet, but, but the <laughs> listeners have. So, uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, as I said uh, earlier, I don't know how long ago, about half an hour ago maybe, I think the rest of this story, if you take out um, Nadia, the rest of this story is excellent and that's yeah, yeah. almost what bothers me. Like he's, he, uh, <laughs> Clace, Clace has put so much effort into um, reviving all of these old characters and uh, yeah. whether it's from Babu through to Luaga and a doctor and um, Sarah Cartwright comes back oh, into it. I was about it. to mention her, but I couldn't remember Yeah. Um, then he's added in another new character. This the oh well, we the that, <laughs> the we've buried the we've buried the lead on the vultures because that's a ten minute conversation in itself. Oh yeah, there's so, the vultures, and then there's this there's a street girl who's coming in who's being Jasmine. Well, I don't know about not not a fan of Jasmine just yet. You're not a fan yeah. of Jasmine. Oh, At least he's, no. he's like he's got all this old stuff, but yeah. he's also bringing in new stuff. He's changed up Moz. He's blind. He's like he's got the inner eye vision now. Oh, I don't yeah. like that. Well, you don't have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I probably dislike Moz being a seer. 
That's probably one of my biggest bugbears. Is oh, as, I can't because <laughs> he was <laughs> never. It was never written as a seer. He was always a, a story. And then you're not this strong on bloody Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> um, question: How old is Jasmine? Uh, 15, 16. We've got the Phantom as, we've got Kit as 22, 25. you got Jasmine as 15, 16. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I've thought of her as a teenager. Okay. I'm calling it now future love interest. Calling it now. Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe, maybe she's supposed to be 18, 19. That could fit as well. I'm happy enough with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I probably, pegged the phantom for at the lower end of the 22-25 for sure. So, yeah, um, I, yeah it, I, I'm not a massive fan of Jasmine. It was almost like, um, and this is a, a depiction of Kit as 22nd phantom, I think is unfortunate because um, the moment that Heloise left and they drew straws and that's the missions they went on and, and I thought that was well done. But almost the moment she left, suddenly he needed Jasmine to save him and he, um, Kit as a 22nd phantom walks into a booby trap or, or, or a well-laid trap where they're pretending to these old man's in prison. Um, he, yes, he fights his way through the, the trap that Sandal Singer's got for her, but then he needs a, a Heloise replacement, essentially, mm. to unlock the thing and, and save him. And, um, and then at the end, even at the big reveal, um, at, at the, the big fight at the end against the big bad guy, um, all... Kit does is get himself knocked out and um, just and essentially distracts um, uh, Ra Rula so that Sandal can actually f- complete the deed, which maintains the the trope of the Phantom never kills anyone. And Heloise has a thing about that as well. Um, but where's what was my point about that again? Jasmine, yeah, I'm not sure I like her, <laughs> but I can but I can see that she might be a love interest. Yeah, and I the Phantom needs an heir. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about 23rd Phantom again already, surely. <laughs> Under the new be. rules, he doesn't. It could be with anyone. <laughs> um, I actually have to disagree. I actually thought Kit. I, I see your point, but I thought Kit actually performs really, really well in these four parts. And I understand, like for instance, you know, he got caught, but that's something that even probably the 21st fan would have been caught doing. But the way he handled himself with the, the sharks and doing that game inside five minutes, thinking on his feet, um, you know, throwing the spear to yeah. reach that, that point. And then in Sandal Singh actually says, oh, it might not be him, but oh, he's almost, he's, he's just as, as good, good as. or just as good or... Can't remember. And, so, it, and that does harken to Lee Falk stories yeah. like the 12 tasks and uh, even the chain of patience. You know, you get caught as yeah. a prisoner and you do what you've got to do to get out. And, yeah. and um, 21st, uh, 22nd Phantom Kid currently is doing that for sure. So. Yeah. So I, I actually think that Kit, and this was my biggest gripe with um, the first part, was that they were behaving like 12 year olds and not adults and i remember there was one thread uh i think it was bill featon on social media actually made a comment he said i got seven kids and at their worst they didn't behave like what kitten heloise did in the first part and i think that kind of says something that i think clace ramifi and that was probably my biggest negative point on the first part was the fact that 
Kit and Heloise would be behaving like twelve-year-olds. I think in this story, in this part, they still there was still that gentle ribbing and stuff like that. Uh, like Heloise says, "Oh, who knew you could cook?" And you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but that's the was... general revenue you'd expect from from Anna. exactly, exactly. But they worked really well together. They were like, you know, yes. like for instance, I think it was in the first part where it was like, "Heloise, give me your arm," and then they, you know, mowed through that bad guy, giving him the, you know, good old fashioned coat hanger, and and you know, they worked really well as a team. And that's probably the thing I loved the most about this was just how well Kit and Heloise worked together, and it probably sold the idea that you can have the two phantoms together at the same time because of this story. Before, I would yeah. have said, no, nah, it had to be one or the other. But now I can like, yeah, I can live with them both being the phantom. Yeah, there, there wasn't a crossword spoken between the two of them in uh, across the four episodes. Um, it, it was all teamwork. It was really good to see. So yeah. no, I 100% agree with that. And, and until you just mentioned it, Dan, I thought um, Kit had been... Uh, depicted a lot stronger in in, in this chapter in, in these four parts, um, but now after you said that, no, come on, weak again. But, <laughs> the, but until you said the, that, I thought I thought he's been been depicted as strong, which I think he should be, um, as strong as um, as Heloise. Heloise has always been depicted as strong, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think uh, you know from my reading of it, um, Kit was depicted as strong, and like you said, able to think on his feet fairly quickly and um yes he got into a trap but you need to make the story interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and 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 as i said he was excellent in the um uh, well jermaine said the five minute um challenge and that sort of thing and i absolutely agree that that three pages was absolutely um oh, it was amazing. well hey, it's unbelievable that you might have an arena set up like that with a shark tank and, a, <laughs> and, and, and then you've got to get past hawks and then you've got to get past a lion and then you've got to get past a guy with a sword uh you know so it's pretty extravagant and she was going to go bigger the next day apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> you have to turn this up to 11 yeah yeah um <laughs> But that, that has to be a bit of a sing trait, you know, like, like for instance, the first story had a shark of a uh, tank full of sharks and all that. So it's definitely, you know, uh, that must be like the first thing they build. All right, we're going to build our new fortress. Oh, before we do the palace and everything, else, <laughs> let's do an arena. So when, we, when we capture the phantom, we can try and put him through this. And so I want this and I want this and I want that. <laughs> Now we can build the palace. Sharks with laser beams. <laughs> Step one, big, big aquarium. <laughs> um, I just um, the only thing, the only comment I'd say about the uh, if we go back to Kit and Heloise working together, some of the some of the dialogue was a little bit awkward when they're calling each other brother and sister. Uh, look out, brother! Yeah. Come over here, sister. Uh, you know that's just a dialogue issue. And I I have never called my brother and sister brother and sister ever in my entire life. So maybe hey, that's brother, just our family. What, what I say. <laughs> yeah. Don't well, tell us My brother-in-law, I call him my brother for my mother. mother. Yeah, don't tell us what you're calling because, again, we don't want to press the E button. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, getting back to Diana, I actually like the way Clace has depicted Diana in this part because my biggest gripe about Diana has to be that since probably the 50s, she's been merely but a tool, uh, a, a story plot tool in the sense, oh, let's get Diana kidnapped so that way they, it brings the Phantom into it. I thought Diana shows a lot more of what we've seen in the 30s and the 40s than probably what we've seen in the past. So 
Um, and I know she's dealing with a little bit and she's had to, you know, um, go through the breakup and, and stuff like that. But I thought it, it's, it's nice to see Diana actually portrayed as someone who she was originally intended to. All right. So speaking of how Diana's portrayed, how old was she when she had the twins? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good point. So she'll be in her 50s now. She looks all right for yeah. someone in her 50s, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. And, uh, you know, parachuting out of airplanes and, and fighting her way through. Yeah, she's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's kept herself right. fit and active too. Kept herself yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. And this is where it's a bit, it is a bit, to go back to your point about how she's being depicted, I think that some of Cy Barry's uh, staff had, had uh, Diana has been quite a strong character and it's her artwork, it's his artwork I remember of her um, judo throwing um, dictators and that sort of thing. So I wouldn't say she's been entirely just a damsel in distress through that period. Um, that said, I go, I go back to you know what I said earlier about maybe she could have been a stronger character again by uh, maybe the Phantom's kidnapped or disappeared now and she's the one tracking him down. Um, so that, that could have been more effective. Cool. Now, another... In our last review of stories, we talked about the editors and stuff like that. Now, I'm interested in what your guys... Because the thing that I love about this story is that there's a lot of jumping from you know, like one storyline to another and stuff like that. Now, what I've noticed is that majority of the time, most of the time, it was like, you know, we go from one bit and it's like, now in New York, bam. Now in Singtown, bam. But there was a few incidences where there wasn't the narration caption boxes, I guess. Now, did it, at any stage, did you find it kind of a little bit jarring, not knowing because it didn't have those boxes. And it's like, you got a panel or two in it. It's like, oh, hang on, we're in New York again now? Or Every now and then, yeah, I see your point. Um, that, yeah, without the, the continuation box or what have you. And, and yeah, you read the box. Oh, we, we, we've skipped to another mm. place of the world. Um, whether that took away from the story, I wouldn't say it took away from the story. Maybe a little bit jarring. But what I do like is... We've probably got accustomed to being one setting per page or yeah. at the most maybe two settings per page where this one just went, bang, we're here, bang, we're there, bang, we're there, yeah. all on the one page and you just go, wow, there's so much stuff happening here. Like yeah. it really helped. For, now, you could go one or two ways and, and not saying either opinions right or wrong. There are some people who aren't going to like that. I'm over here, now I'm over here, now I'm back over here, now I'm yeah. just going over to, the, over to the left a little bit, um, all on one page, whereas others are, are going to be like, wow, this is just full on and there's so much mm. happening, it's so exciting. I'm in the, the latter, of course, because yeah. I thought it was just so full on, so exciting. But um, I, I um, understand that there will be people who think, what's going on, I can't keep up, um, I need a bit more clarity here. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes that um, Diana and uh, Sandal Singh kind of looked alike. If you didn't yep. think the costume change, <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was probably the big one where you go, "Oh, hang on, and then, uh, hang on, that's the not the last." Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's perfectly so. So I, I just, I just wonder, like, and we've talked about this in the last uh, comics and news um, thing, where I think sometimes. The, 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 the editor or, you know, whether it's Andreas McKell or, or Dudley or, or Glenn or whoever, sometimes, you know, like, uh, I think that's where just, you know, 
and for instance, another, you know, inject an old jungle saying or two. I think sometimes having that editor just to be able to maybe clean that up a little bit might have been uh, a nice. I think other than and the, than that couple of things, I think that um, Clace has done a, a, an mm. excellent, and I said this before, he's done an excellent job of, of bringing in a lot of old Phantom yeah. characters and tropes and elements of Phantom lore that we all know and love from the 1930s stories and, and onwards. That's probably what kind of concerns me about Nadir still being in it and that possibility <laughs> because he seems to be almost going above and beyond what he's ever done before um, in terms of incorporating that stuff and whether he's trying to work this in to being just part of Phantom Lore as well. Um, yeah. That's probably what bothers me about this story. I think, now, would it also be the length that this has been brewing kind of bother you as well? Because like, let's just say, for instance, like with Lubunga and the Lubunga series, right? That went for two three years where like you said um when sandal singh um uh and the phantom that was nine years ago um so it's you know it's a long time it's a long story thread where you but know, i guess like if, the, if we've, we've just aged nadir before and said he's six to eight years old if he's eight then that times out exactly um right in terms of conceived in 2011 he's eight years old now yeah the twins actually did that in their first eight years too yes uh the twins eighth birthday was actually eight years after they were born um they slowed their aging slowed down a lot after that uh so maybe it is well as well comic world time is different to real world time correct (laughs) i just i just wonder where whether the whole story you know the, the the thread seeing it's nine years and still going, you know, with Lubunga, he had died twice in that time. Um, you know what I mean? And like we and then we were on to another, I think by the time that was happening, we were then on to, you know, the next president or something like that. So I just wonder whether the, all these, the longness of the story threads, could have something to do with the fact that we, you know, one of the reasons we don't like it because it's still hanging around. We're still talking about that mm. fatal evening or that fatal, fatal meeting. meeting. That was the, that <laughs> yeah. was the name of the story. Yeah, <laughs> we're still talking about it eleven years later, and it's still affecting our lives now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, have you guys got anything else that you've of kind of? Oh, I would like to, um, uh, and obviously Clay Smith, he could never have, um, unless, unless he's the most amazing force, uh, he's got the most amazing inner eye of anyone. There's no way he could have foretold this, but how um, modern day these stories were as you're reading them, yeah. um, April through June of 2020. And uh, I, also, I already mentioned about an epidemic um, reference um, in the very first, in, in the first part on page 11 of 1864, um, there's a caption where um, I think it might have been Diana is watching the TV and the newsreader is saying the latest tweet has uh, nice. been very, very controversial and the White House is saying da 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 da. And then through to the, the fourth part um, where they actually talk about um, if, you're, if you're looting, then there's going to be shooting. And that, and that actually is said in the fourth part of. Um, 
the story as well. So, yeah, talk about being ripped from the headlines a year before uh, when he'd written it a year it, before. It would be interesting having a look. So this is on page 11, um, the oh. one that Dan's talking about on uh, page 1864. be interesting whether the original actually had that about the yeah. latest tweet or whether that's a, a, a Dudley insert. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I'll, I'll give Clace the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do want him to come on this podcast, so let's give him some more credit. <laughs> um, before we go, we need to talk about uh, the Vultures. Oh, that was really exciting to suddenly, because there's this plot between, and we haven't even talked about uh, Baba. There's so much and, we haven't talked about. Oh, but the whole, but the, the, the report that Diana wrote, we haven't even touched on that. Yeah. That's people right. Want, That's people exactly. want Diana dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, forgot, we haven't even mentioned that part yet. That's right. this silly report. Did she leave it? I can't remember. Did she lose her job or they told her to, to get out? Yeah, she lost it Because job. the report had been leaked. The, the, the fake news version of the report had been leaked. Yeah, so this report as well. There is so much. This is a brilliant story. Go out and read it if you haven't read it. Yeah, he just ignored just it. Skip the, just skip the divorce parts. Normally, yep. Stephen's fallen asleep by now. This is how excited he is. <laughs> But no, if we go back to the vultures, like the uh, the whole Bababu um, Darkfire storyline, I thought was really good. It actually humanised Bababu a little bit. And you go, I feel yeah. sorry for this dictator because he can't. <laughs> he's got so many balls in the air. He can't juggle them all. Oh, the gangs are riding and the weapons aren't coming. And what am I going to do because I haven't been able to deliver my promises to this international finally, arms dealer? Things start looking up for him. He said, oh, finally, I've, 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 you know, I've got the gangs now. I've, I've killed off the, yep. my opposition now. I've got control. Dark it turns out the vultures are behind it all. <laughs> Dark fire's coming. They'll be happy with their envoy. Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> the look at his face. So, oh, so there's, there's no need for, uh, you know, Antifar and the lizard people and 5G causing COVID. Uh, the vultures are actually behind it all. The vultures. It. It's awesome. <laughs> so in oh other words, goodness. maybe the Chinese are correct that it's not them that has caused it, and it is the vultures. It's the vultures. Yeah, it could well be. It could well be. <laughs> What's going to happen in the next chapter? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, okay. So that that raises the question: What is your what is your prediction for the future? What's going to happen next? Uh, I don't know what's going to. Well, of course, none of us know what's going to happen next. What I would love to see, and I've, um, this is something I've been pondering and thinking about for a little while. Um, and this is going to start off as a critique um, or being critical um, and then hopefully turn to something good. Um, a, a critique that I've been getting with a lot of fandom stories lately is that they're not in the jungle. A lot of things have been happening either in Morristown or Maritown or depending on who's written what, um, or they're happening in, a, in New York or, or in a city like that, which, and then, probably didn't notice it at first. It's just been happening slowly, slowly. And then over the last little while, I've just been thinking, well, what's changing the fandom? What's the difference between the fandom and Batman if he's just going to be in the city the whole time um, lurking in the dark? Like, still great stories, but what's what's the, the, the difference between those two characters? And um, and so I got thinking, thought, well, where's the jungle? You know, the fandom's in the jungle. He's got to be doing stuff there. And what I would love to see... Um, in, when, in the final part or final chapter, whenever that's, whether it's going to be the next one or you know two or three down the track, depending how long they can stretch this twenty-second saga going out to be real good, is to 
bring the the last chapter into the jungle and 21 comes back and he does great 21 things like being you, you don't see him uh, and it's just like a, a a punch or you know the bad guy's being taken you don't see him he is the phantom and you don't see him until he wants you to and but bad guys start being picked off one by one and until whoever, whether it be Sandal, the Vultures or Bababu or some other gang, um, Mr. Big or Mr. Hoggy's in there too. And all, <laughs> all of a sudden, but all of a sudden they're, they're scared and they're scared out of their wits. They're in the jungle. You know, they could have the rope people in there. They could have the, 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 the band are maybe they're coming in from water and the, or the, the, the Maori have got them sorted. I don't know, but I'd love to see the big payoff happen in the jungle. That would be cool. I don't know how they're going to ride it, so like the, the, how they're going to get them in the jungle in the first place, but if they can get yeah. them in the jungle, Oh, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, I would actually like this series not to end in the sense that, Every year, we get another two, three parts of Adventures of the 22nd Phantom. And the disappearance of the 21st Phantom, it's just like, it's like an ongoing serial where it's like, you know, like with the olden days, the serials, you have each, each part, there's the, you know, the fatal ending or there's a big twist and stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, every year, we have to do one of these podcasts and it's like, is this going to be, are we going to find out what happens next year? No, there's going to be something else. There's going to be another twist. So, you know, next year we might be talking about Luaga getting back control over Babubu. And so like, for instance, we've got, you know, there's what, 20 things that have gone wrong with this at the moment. So, you know, every year we kind of tick off one of those. So it might be Bababu gets knocked off it and then it becomes Luaga back in control. And then, you know, then there might be a war between, you know, the tribes and stuff. So then we've got to sort that out. And, you know, and so every year we got another part of basically the Phantom's world getting back to norm- normality without the 21st Phantom. And, we, and it's just that always that ongoing plot. So next year we might find Devil. And then that might be kind of like we found Hero last year. This year, you know, this year we've got uh, Diana coming back to the fold. Next year might be Devil coming back. And so that's just, you know, I would like it just to be continuing for the near future. But it has to be every year. I don't want to wait another three years. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm in disagreement there because that leaves the door far too wide open to kill off the 21 and start going with the 22. And I don't want that. But that's me. And if you don't think that, well, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, but um, what I would prefer, and this is my, I'm not just going to say, no, I don't like that. I'm going I'm to offer an alternative, um, is that they do wrap it up um, and, and do the big kaboom like I've just went nuts on earlier. But then, you know, where that happens, oh, yeah, I reckon there's still got a good couple of years left in this story. But then after it's being wrapped up and we've things are back to normal, if we've got 21 back, um, but there's enough meat on, like we say that this can be wrapped up in, I'm just going to say three years, all right? Let's just say it gets wrapped up in three of our years. The, the storyline in the comic years, this could be, like it always says in the near future, so it really could be any time frame you like there. 
Well, you can and then two. you can wrap thing, you can yeah. wrap it up and say, you know, three years, but it could be like ten years in in the phantom world. Yeah. And then there's so much meat on the bones. You could have the, you could call the twenty second adventures if if you like. So there's yeah. all so they've got adventures. So this storyline is all about finding out what's happened to dad. But what about other things that they're doing? Um, during this time, surely that you know, there's something going on with the with the jungle tribes, or there's something else going on over here. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, we're just looking at the adventures, look trying to find Dad. But what about everything else that they're doing? Yeah. And I think they can wrap up this story, but then they've left, they've given themselves this whole universe to play with. You know, so you have two universes or two timelines that we get, which, which comes out like stories. you said once a year. Yeah, like. we get you know two, three stories and, every year and yeah and it's just like you know if you're going back and going to read a, a historical story with the chronicles yeah well this is like a, a future story yeah mm. and arrow well, is doing that at the moment in the tv show so for instance you know oliver's daughter so they're you know normally it was always in the past now they've got her adventures as in the future of happening and how they mirror up and stuff like that as well so yeah there is precedent for that and I think that both of you guys are ex- uh, wonderfully optimistic and I hope that your plans come to fruition. <laughs> my, um, my future prediction for this story is that at some point in the near future, Phantom fans are going to go riding and um, <laughs> not be very happy at all with the direction that Clay Smith takes his story as he tries to make um, the Phantom the father of this half-sting Sing, half sing, half sing, oh, half <laughs> sing. <laughs> Get close uh, to the no. mic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, no, that's that's my prediction. I think that Place is um, pot committed to this, and he's going to go all in. And uh, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to uh, fold and, and get out. <laughs> It'll be interesting because I'm not sure if you remember when we did our interview with Mikel uh, Sol. He said he didn't. Yeah, like he didn't it like either. it. Yeah, exactly. Like either. So <clears throat> I think that, in my opinion, and maybe I'm being optimistic, but I reckon he will dig in his heels and say, no, it is not the Phantoms. And I think, you know, like, he doesn't yeah. like it. And so I reckon he will, you know, like say, no, nah, rewrite it, Clays. Rewrite it, Clays. Okay, now we can go ahead with it because it's not the Phantoms. <laughs> well, in the, uh, and... From a storyteller's perspective, um, it's going to be really, really, really hard to do that because he is just so committed to this now. With the for the way that it's just been presented as fact through this four-part story, um, without having a massive cheat um, somehow as an author, um, it's really hard for him to back out of this. And that yes, maybe he wants to build in. A, a jail cell that's so easy to escape from that he puts the Diana and Luaga in a swimming pool that anyone can climb out of. Um, but it's going to require a much bigger cheat than that to try and get out of um, where he has placed this story now. Yeah. It's become, yeah, I'll give you that. It's becoming harder and harder the further you go with the story thread to undo. That's what the payoff is going to be so much better when it yeah. all comes good. Uh, I, th- I think Stephen swapped sides <laughs> during the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> mean swap sides. No, I, I like. I, if we go back to whenever Stephen just went ballistic there about his vision of this future, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that comes off because that sounds awesome. I yeah. just, I, I, I can't envisage how you might do that. 
Clay so, Smith, he's a far better rider than I am. So well, if, Clay, sure, if Clay has written hope, into this, feel free to take my idea. Just give me a little credit down there. <laughs> I just come on the podcast. That will that that will that will be good. <laughs> um. So no, I I would. I'm with you, Stephen. I would like to see a separate timeline, continuous. Um, I, I do like that idea. If people say they can't handle it, well, you've been reading Chronicle stories for exactly years. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, and and it's not like we're in spaceships and no. um, and stuff like that. It's so far in the future that you know it's hard to recognize it's like you could read this story and kind of go oh yeah that's modern day you know there's 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 stupid tweets coming out of the white house there's you know roads going on <laughs> yeah that's 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 today um so you know it, it it is believable and i guess the the good thing about them saying in the near future is you could read this in 10 years time and it can yeah. still be in the well future. that's what i open up with yeah. yeah it's always in the near future because 21 is the current yeah, 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 and and it, it's almost the best of both worlds, where where the people that want the twenty first to stay as the twenty first forever, they're happy because you're still going to get your twenty first phantoms, and then the people that are like, we want a new phantom, they're going to be happy because every you know, two three issues every year, hopefully, is going to be about the new phantom. So we're going to have you know, the ongoing story, whether it's with Jasmine or whatever. And then Heloise, what happens with Heloise? Does she continue with the Phantom? Does she find a love interest? Uh, you know, and then they go on. Do they have a fight again? What about, you know, so there's all those type of year one problems that we're going to get, which, you know, we can have. But then the focus or the traditionalists are still happy because they're still getting their 21st Phantom stories. Yep. All right. Anything else anyone wants to say? Um, otherwise, we might wrap this up because I think we've left enough on the table for hopefully our um, listeners to be able to uh, pick up some of the threads and some of the discussions and um, uh, let us know some of their views. Uh, Stephen, anything from you, mate? Um, I don't think so. Good to see Lawaga back and... Yeah, Being I like, like the fight as well. Oh, yeah, Luaga. <laughs> so it's funny because that was going to be my last thing as well. The fight between Luaga and Baba Boo. Um, how Luaga's old are they? Going to become president again. Sorry. What yeah, but that? how old are they? Do you reckon? <laughs> I reckon they're the same. I reckon they're the same age as. Um, I reckon Babu is <laughs> older because he was a he was a general <laughs> at the start. So I reckon he's probably ten years older than Luaga. But I reckon right. Luaga. Would be the same. So Luaga was president and officiated at the Phantom's wedding in 1977. Yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. Well, comic <laughs> But I reckon Luaga will be the same age as. Um, if as Diana's the, in her mid 50s. Diana, yeah. Well, okay, so let's, let's say Diana would have been. So the youngest, I reckon you can have him. It's, it's a good question. The youngest you can have him is. Say Diana would have been twenty-five, and the kids are now twenty. The youngest, Oof. the youngest. Yeah, yeah. So that, that makes that makes her forty-five. Forty-five. Forty-seven. Oh, wait, she's older than that. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm going the bare youngest you could do it. So I reckon the Waka <laughs> would be around that age, and that makes the 21st Phantom. He's what? So he will be almost 50 then. Yeah. And that's, so, all right, that works. Yeah, so that's probably the earliest you can have. And I would say Luaga, I mean, Babubu would be, because he was a general. I always got him older than the Phantom. I always yeah. got him a few years older. Yes. Because he was a general, and to become a general, you have to kind of be in the army for a while and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So for him to be a general, he would have to be in the army for at least 10 years and stuff like that. So I would have him probably in the 60s. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's an old man fight between Luaga and Baba. Let's face it. Well, and and to, to the credit story too, it is he has a crack at him. Oh, you you let yourself yeah. get old. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's talking about a Mike Tyson coming back. You know, come on, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I'm I'm around that uh, earliest possible age for the Phantom. There's no way I'm out getting doing Phantom things <laughs> too old and broken, and I haven't been being the Phantom for the last twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> It's a it's a good point that you that you raise because most phantoms become the phantom in their teenagers, eighteen to. And 20. we're saying that, and we're saying that Kit and Eloise are twenty two to twenty five. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah well, by now they're, anyway. they're usually be yeah, yeah. So um, Kit better hurry up and make a move on Jasmine because uh, <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to get the air. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I thank you. This everyone. has been a good podcast. This has been yeah, fun. Yeah, this, it is. This, this I've has enjoyed been it. A good one. This is. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it we as much sweat. as we have. Um, <laughs> and we're still friends. We didn't get upset at each other either. Uh, so it's all good. I hope. Touch and go a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed reading the stories. Um, uh, make sure you give us your feedback, uh, Dan listed the ways you can do that via our social media, via email. Um, on our website, which is chroniclechamber.com. If you want to email us, that's chroniclechamber at gmail.com. And of course, you can always subscribe um, on iTunes, Spotify, or Android podcast apps. So for myself, I just want to say thank you for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Um, for myself, uh, thank you guys, and thank you listeners. Happy Phantom. Thanks, guys. Happy Phantoming. Happy Phantoming. 500 years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom. The ghost who walks. The Enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you. Happy phantoming.